You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome on into a new edition of the IOS podcast as a Duba Herrera just went yard as we, as we sat down to record this podcast. It's very on brand for us. We are hashtag pro on this podcast. It's Jack Fritz. It's Johnny Marks. And the Phillies are, well, we still have the bullpen. Close to going through their, their they third are not close. Win. They are not close. This game's not even close to being over, We're, re- we're recording. It is bottom seven, two outs. As you said, pro Duble just to just hit the home run. Four straight games for the home run. So we're going to be hoping and talking like they won this, but... Isn't that kind of the lead of the week, which is the bullpen? Yeah. Ninth inning ERA, 4.87. Eighth inning ERA, 4.5. Seventh inning ERA, 2.87. It's because when Sir Anthony's pitching, it's the seventh inning. So I, I, right. I get it, but I, I think we've already had that argument a couple times. Well, Hopefully it doesn't, it doesn't bite him in the ass today there, Jack. Yeah, well, I wonder how they're going to play this because I guess Ed O'Brien just went the seventh, and then now you're going to have the eighth. And we'll see. We'll see. Last night he saves. Last night he saves Sir Anthony for the ninth, and I think it was the wrong decision. Because, of a tie game, I agree. I think. I think he, if he used them earlier instead of putting Tommy Hunter into the game, then you have that, and then the, the Hoskins double at the end makes it six two rather than ties it up at six six. For all this talk about uh, oh closer by committee, closer this, closer that. If Tommy Hunter was pitching better, you would have another reliable guy to pitch the seventh or the eighth inning. I don't know. I, I really believe that Gabe just doesn't really care about roles or whatever that he's just going to put out his best guy in that situation and I think it's a mistake it's a mistake it's I get his theory I understand what he's saying but I don't think it it translates I don't think it 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 it, when you're dealing with people and humans and you have the human factor to it I think it's a mistake what not having roles for these guys like not not telling them exactly what they're doing it's um well not exactly what they're doing but roles tend to work themselves out over the course of a season, whether it's basketball or baseball. I think that it'll eventually happen anyway for the most part, but uh, I, I know that you are you don't think so, and and you just pretty much regurgitate whatever the other people are saying out there about the oh, high-leverage situation. Yeah, no, I, I have no opinions of my own. I now the high-leverage situation is the, is the term that everybody talks about. It's like, no, you got to save him for the high-leverage situation. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about callers that call in and say that, oh, well, the reason why he's doing this is because high-leverage situation – Name one caller that's ever sounded like that, by the way. Most of the, caller, most of the callers are like, bah, put him in the closer. Well, yes, but the, <laughs> the, the pro Kapler guys in this particular situation uh, will just regurgitate what he says. So, But I, not I, really. Like, that, that's where I think it's ridiculous. Like, the, the, the crux of the game is not always decided in the ninth inning. Unfortunately, the Phillies have had trouble in the ninth inning, so it makes it seem like this is such a huge problem. Whereas the value of Sir Anthony is that he can come in the seventh, eighth, and when you're facing the best, the best part of the lineup, he can shut that down there. The problem is, is they have no one that actually close the game at this point. No, you're right. You're, you're dead right. And if you did have a – if you had – hopefully, hopefully Klentek's able to get 
a closer that's a closer and everybody knows it's a closer. It doesn't yeah. have to be the most dominant guy, but a guy that's done it and it's clearly his job. Because I agree with you. Sir Anthony is served best as a swing, seventh inning, eighth inning, two innings sometimes, even though he's not looked good in that second inning of late. Yeah. Um, well, he's pitching a lot, too. He is. Oh, the, work lo- the, the workload concerns me quite a bit. But I'm fine with him pitching in the sixth or the seventh or the eighth inning, whatever. The problem is they don't have anybody else that can close. We know that he can close. So now what you're doing is, well, yeah, I have three or four. Like the other day, he said he has three or four guys that he has faith in that can do it. Then use one of those three or four guys in the seventh inning. Ramos was able to get out of a jam in the, in the eighth inning the other night. Yeah. Right? So use some of these other guys. I just, I get what Gabe's saying. I just, I don't, I don't, I just don't think he looks at it from, from a human standpoint or from a, a baseball player standpoint to where it's, it's easier said than done just to throw me out there whenever. I wonder, I think, it feels like they have been using Ramos in more and more high leverage. So maybe they're trying to get Not him. Not the ninth inning, though. One of the, maybe they're trying to groom Ramos for what Sir Anthony was doing, and now they're starting to move Sir Anthony back more and more. And if Tommy Hunter didn't suck, then you would have to worry about this less. God, I'm tired of watching his meatball getting served up his there. His FIP is good, man. No, I, Tommy Hunter's been not as bad as people are saying he is, but I agree he's been mostly a bust. Of a what about Nishek when he comes back? Because he's, he's not a closer. He's not a closer either. He's a seventh-inning guy as far as I'm They concerned. have a bunch of seventh-inning guys. Yeah. They have a bunch of seventh inning guys and eighth inning guys and no closer. Uh, I wonder, like when Nishak comes back, I think he'll be in the the Tommy Hunter role. Basically, the last couple of games, Tommy Hunter's been the first guy out of the pen in the sixth or seventh inning, and then Ramos eighth, and it feels like Sir Anthony as late as possible when they need him. Um, maybe Nishak takes over the Hunter role and and does that. I don't, I don't know is, what the Nishak role is. He could suck. He could suck. Relievers year to year, and it's one of the things Pat Gillick used to always talk about with relievers was he he worried about signing a guy to a a, more than a two-year one year or two-year contract because you see relievers you'll have a guy that has a a 2.2 era one year and then you're designating him for assignment the next year yeah you know what i mean so jc romero was designated for assignment the phillies picked him up and he's the best reliever in baseball for like two years yeah yeah it's so weird and you look at the the sign you look at the signing for the phillies what do you do without J.C. Romero? I mean, he he was a, a huge part of that great bullpen that yeah. in 2008, 2009. So. Yeah, so I, I don't know right. what they're going to do because I think the obviously the best role for Sir Anthony, the, the, what makes him so valuable is the fact that you don't have to pencil him to the ninth. He can pitch multiple innings in the middle of a game. Shut, like, the, the, the best example of this was against the Braves, that that first series he was up here, the first time he was really put in high leverage. He came in in the eighth, and it was he faced um, Albies, Acuna, and Freeman. And that's more important than facing those guys. Than, than I having, don't. I don't disagree. I agree. So I. I don't know. I don't know what Clentac does because on one hand, there's Brad Hand who's available, who is the San Diego Padres closer, who I think is unbelievable. I think he's a really, really good closer. He's under control for the next three years. So you can have a guy. You can have Sir Anthony and Brad Hand at the it's gonna back. Cost you. It's going to cost you. Like I saw a report yesterday from John Morosi that they're asking for Rafael Devers for him. Which Rafael Devers is 20 years old and is already raking at the big league. Right. So like, what's it going to cost the Phillies? And I just don't know if they're going to go all in on trying to get Brad Hand. And sh- I wouldn't. I would. I don't think I would either. But it's three. It's three years. So you have. I wouldn't. Here's why. Because and and it goes back to Sir Anthony. Because he's the guy and he's cheap. You know, don't 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 smart yourself. Don't not think yourself. You have the guy. Just use him. Here's one thing that I like. I didn't like the Nishek or the Hunter signing, or at least both of them, because I feel like they have enough guys that that they have in the minors that can come up. 
and they're going to have more guys. One thing that the, the Phillies have done that I love in their organization is they've taken starters and made them into relievers. Before they failed, they said, you know what, let's try you at reliever. Sir Anthony wasn't a great starter in the minors, but had the stuff, and they recognized it. Yeah, He's yeah. got the mentality. There's a couple guys down there right now, a, 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 a Trevor Bettencourt, who is a, a, a guy name. that's who was the that's guy a, that That's a like. great reliever name, by the way. He looks like a reliever too. He's got he's got just a mustache. Oh, that's perfect. Who's the guy that you like? Um, that you were talking about a couple weeks ago that they made in a reliever and he uh, Will Will Stewart. Will Stewart's been starting though. He hasn't he hasn't been relieving. Will Stewart. Mm, anyway, I don't remember. Um, but the, uh, there's there's that there's him. Uh, I know they've been talking about maybe converting Franklin Kilame and trying to turn him into a, a reliever because they don't think he can he's start. Been, he he has not been good. Yeah, I know. As he's come up through the the upper levels. So maybe maybe that's the play. Try to convert another guy into a bullpen guy, or doesn't help him for this year, which is what we're talking about. But I I like what they have as far as young arms. Put Sir Anthony there now. You're talking about like you give up all these prospects for Hand. No, you put the guy that's the best pitcher on the staff there. But the bullpen is way better with Hand as a closer and Sir Anthony in the seventh and eighth. The bullpen on paper would be way better. When you start valuing when you start valuing closers in terms of prospects or money that you give away, you're running the John Papelbon. You know what I mean? You just oh, worry he's just the all-time about, leader in saves. Right, it, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. But when the Phillies gave him the most money as, as a reliever, how'd that work out for him? No, they, were, they were lucky that Mike Rizzo in Washington is a stooge that actually gave up Nick Pavetta and took his salary on to do it. Yeah, for a half a season of Papelbon. And then he choked out their best player. So that was a, that was a good trade that, for the that, Phillies. That was vintage Pap, <laughs> right? Listen, he's got, he's got so Papish. He's got to hold the guard of baseball. Uh, and then there, like, there's Britain. But like I don't know if I trust Britain at this point. He like, hasn't really been back. Yeah, he just got back. He's a free agent at the end of the year. You're paying for a rental, and that just seems like a short-sighted move for a team that's not really going anywhere. So it's it's a tough situation because this team is not built to win the World Series this year. They're a good team. They're a developing team. They're a young team that makes a lot, a lot of mistakes, which is frustrating on a night-in, night-out basis. Giving up a ton of capital for a rental, for a closer – just seems like a waste, but I've also seen what it does to teams. And I, I, the Indians traded for 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 Andrew Miller, and it took them on a World Series run. Obviously, I don't think that would happen this year. But it put it put Andrew Miller in the seventh and eighth, and then let Cody Allen close out games, and it completely changed their entire season. Uh, it could have the same effect here if you go get Brad Hand. Not the same effect. Maybe next year. Well, you're right. There's two ways to look at it. What do you think the rest of this year? You would think that Klentek, it, it It's all going to come down to the price, right? If they're able to get a rental for the rest of the year and they have a deep farm system, so they can say, "Yeah, we can take a couple guys from the middle of of our of our organizational rankings, and it's not going to hurt them." Yeah, maybe you do it. Maybe you decide you're willing to give up a lot more to sure up the back of that bullpen. Something tells me if they already don't believe in roles in the bullpen, which which by the way, Gabe Kapler clearly doesn't care about roles and no. doesn't think of it like that. No. I would be I'd be very surprised if they they use the the the. the the prospects to go out and get hand. Yeah, and hopefully they can. Uh, <laughs> that that vaunted Phillies bullpen can hold it today, as it's what the it's the uh, top of the eighth with Ramos still in there. So it's so Ramos is in the eighth today. And, and by the way, I I didn't disagree with Kapler taking him out after the eighth inning the other night. He got the two strikeouts and they took him out. Didn't bring him back out for the ninth. I don't want him pitching the ninth. Which game was that? Uh it was the Arano game. So he he pitched the eighth, had two strikeouts on nine pitches, got out of a was it a bases loaded jam, and then Arano came in and pitched the ninth. Oh the the and the, then that nappy. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't take much his, more Andrew Nap. Didn't well. So here's something I was saying the other day. Actually, after that game, 
they need a veteran in there. And if, if Knapp was hitting 270 and had some punch with the with the bat and could help off the bench or whatever, I'd say go get a veteran guy that can defend. I've had enough of Knapp. You know, it's a, I, even though I don't, not a lot of people are going to say it's a World Series team, it can be a playoff team. And I'd rather have Eric Kratz back there than Andrew Knapp. Well, he just doesn't know what he's doing. That's like, the truth. He he he's not catching the ball well this year. He's not even receiving well. He's not hitting, uh, and you can't let a ball get past him in the ninth inning. He's not in the, the runner on third. He's in the majors because of his bat. That's what he had. But in he, the doesn't, he doesn't not, have a and bat, he's not, and he's hit under two hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 bad. It's bad. Uh, Andrew Knapp is. It's not even an experiment. It's just that out of necessity, he's up here. And I I agree with you. I I can't you take had much. Kratz when he just traded. I think he could have had, had him Kratz? on the scrap heap. All right, of a sudden, he's triple A. All of a sudden, he's been like five hundred for the Brewers. I yep. wonder. I wonder how that happened. Yeah. I think I think the steroid era might be back in baseball. Uh... Eric Kratz is coming out, coming out of nowhere. Uh, so the bullpen, obviously the main story of the week. Um, you know, they they they'll probably they they're on pace to win their third straight series, but it feels like. It feels like no one's happy with this team, John. Like it just feels like everyone's like, "Yeah, they're they're six games over five hundred, but I don't believe it." All right, so here's here's what I have to know. We have Andrew Porter, who runs our social media and our WIP website, and and has his own podcast as well. That's great. Uh, he came in and told us that we have twenty five thousand. We've reached the twenty five thousand download mark as a High Hopes podcast. So yes. we we really started revving this up in April and then May. So we're doing two or three a week now. Uh-huh. Um. So we appreciate all the listeners, but our listeners kind of process people. You understand what I'm saying? The 76ers fans that started listening to Spike and the rights to Ricky and adopted Sam Hinkie as the savior. Are we looking at Kapler and Klentak in that? Say, like, who are we talking about? Because if you're talking about the non-process people, if this is the process, yeah, they're probably not happy. But the process people, like the, the, the Joe Gillios and the Jack <laughs> Fritzes of the world— you know, everything's peachy. Everything's great. Well, I don't think everything's peachy. I, I'm happy that they're they're competitive and we can talk about them on a daily basis on the station. Like, I'm happy we can do That's that. That's awesome. But it is – they're a very, very frustrating team to watch because of the, the – I've never seen a major league team look this bad defensively. Like, when I – and, and, who, and, who, and, and who is that – who do you put that on the most? Uh, it's it's Klensak. It's Klensak because he's he's putting Scott Kingery at shortstop. He's putting Reese Hodgins in left field. Well, he put, he's putting Kingery at shortstop? Or is that the manager? Well, where's he gonna Where's he gonna play? He's not. How about that? He's not gonna play, or he's gonna He's gonna earn his playing time playing second base. I I, I don't care. You can. I can't believe you play shortstop on a regular basis. Now J P Crawford's out with a broken hand. If you haven't heard, he's gonna play every day. He, he's playing every day at shortstop <laughs> anyway. I'd rather have Florman playing or a better defensive shortstop. Well, Florman has a broken foot. I understand that, but it, it, Kingery at shortstop should be like Cesar Hernandez at shortstop. Worst case scenario, you have to put him out there. All right, their defense up the middle, up the middle is with, with Kingery. There's not good. He's not a shortstop. He doesn't have the instincts. Never played it before. Yeah, but like, you have to play Scott Kingery. You have to. You don't have to do anything. Yes, you do. It's it's like this is this is the whole like short sighted versus long. You don't have to play him every day. You don't Why? have to play him every day. What's a better option? Well, you should play him. Then get rid of Cesar Hernandez. Why would you get rid they, of him? Get rid of him? You, you, because he's not a shortstop, and he's not a third baseman. You're so playing why, him out of position. So, so we're getting rid of Cesar Hernandez to play Scott Kingery who's batting 222 at second base. Yeah. That's the plan be, to make be, this team better? Be, because, because you know why? Would it be that big of a difference? You're a better team with Cesar as your second baseman. With right. Kingery, you're looking long-term. You're looking future. And you know what? Maybe he, he learned something when he's playing. So who's playing shortstop? I don't you're, know. You're, you're, I don't know. Go, not Kingery. 
<laughs> Why? Triple A, Michael Martinez. What's he doing yeah, these yeah. days? Bring it. He was a World Series. Dude, he's, he's a World Series champion team. He's not he a shortstop. I don't think he King is either. He is not a shortstop. He's not an everyday shortstop. He shouldn't be playing there. In a pinch, one day a week. He's not a utility guy. He's not Tomas friggin' Perez. All right, he's Kingery. Yeah, but you also have you you have to factor in Cesar. And like, what are you gonna? What you're not gonna just give away Cesar? And it's too early to make a big time trade. So I'm you not have saying to get... to get rid of him. I'm saying that. So why isn't Kingery playing third base? Because he doesn't have the arm for third base. Okay, exactly, exactly. He's playing. So you're playing at shortstop. He doesn't have an arm for shortstop. He has an adequate arm. He does not even have an arm for shortstop. Now you're putting him in a more important sit- position defensively than the worst team in baseball defensively. That's that's the manager. <laughs> It is. It's one person. I'll say Larry Boa. And Larry Boa had his chance at managing, had some success. Ultimately, just guys couldn't handle it. Just guys couldn't handle it. All right? And I get it. That's why Charlie Manuel came in here and they won a World Series. But Larry Boa came in for Terry Francona year one. And that was a sloppy team. That was a that was a, not a lazy team, but they were very comfortable with Tito, the players manager. Larry Boa came in there and kicked, kicked their ass. Mar- John Vukovic and Larry Boa, if they were on this staff, this freaking team would be scared of these guys. They'd be taking ground balls all the time. They're bad defensively. They're sloppy. They are. And I think I think part of that comes down to, now this is going to sound like a Neanderthal, but in spring training, they practiced for two hours or an hour, and they were out of there rather than taking Santana's out. not a good d- defensive first baseman. Hoskins isn't a great defensive left fielder. And they have a, a second baseman playing shortstop. Right. Well, I bl- I put it on Klensak because he clearly values the offense over the defense. Like the offensive upside of having Santana moving Hoskins to left. And, and I was fine with that. I I think I I I still love the Santana signing. Well, it's like still love the Santana. I signing. can't believe the amount of outrage we get over Carlos Santana. The guy's been one of the, probably the ten best hitters in the game since May fourth. Non process non process people. Yeah, the listeners of this podcast the non, know the non high hopers think hate him. The high hopers mostly like him. Well, because they knew who, like, I feel like people just didn't watch Carlos Santana in Cleveland. They're just like, well, this guy's going to be Ryan Howard. The guy's batted 230 with a 360 OBP for every single year he's been in the majors. He, he walks a lot. He's got power. He's turned it around. I'm very happy, very happy with Santana. Now, he may, actually made a nice defensive play today, but. Well, they just they just don't value defense. They clearly don't value defense. They don't care that Kingery's right. playing shorts. I'm telling this is, it, it has well, you, to be, you are correct. They don't care. They don't care about defense. They care about the offensive upside and the offensive upside on night in, night out basis. Of course, Kingery's been struggling, but it's higher than that of a of a of a major league the problem, shortstop that can physically play defense. The problem with Kingery is he's batting two fourteen. If yes. he was batting two eighty with seven home runs, I wouldn't be looking at what he does at shortstop and say, "Oh my God, he looks so unnatural out there." What yeah. are you doing? Yeah, but obviously he's like he's a rookie. You look at his stats at the end he's of the gonna year. Going to be fine. Kingery's going to be fine. His stats at the end of the year are going to look at him. Like we're gonna look back at Kingery's stats in ten years, look at his rookie year, and be like, "Oh, he's just—that's what a rookie looks like." Like Chase Elliott batted, I think, two thirty his rookie year. There's nothing, and he's similar because both college players—they were both a little bit older when they came up. Yeah, right. They weren't in the minors long, but they were a little bit older coming up. High draft picks, and um, yeah, no, I'm not worried about Kingery at all. But I'm just saying, you don't—you don't have to play him every day at a position where he sucks. Yeah, they just don't have—they don't have another option. They just don't yeah, at this point. I mean, there's there's Jesmel Valentin. I don't, I don't. Yeah, but but that that's bogus because the other option was their first round draft pick, JP Crawford. They were playing with third base. Well, so, they were, like, he just he's a well. What they're doing there obviously is grooming him for third because Machado. They want him to play shortstop next year. They're already trying to they're already trying to get Crawford as comfortable as possible at third base. I well yes, but I, I well Salisbury came out and said that in his article this week. Yes, but 
I don't think they're comfortable with Kingery playing third base. Well, God, I don't think so either. Right. Like which he, is which is the other part of it, which is they think Kingery can handle shortstop okay, and Crawford's really good at third base, and they they took that right, which I think makes sense. Like Kingery can't, I guess. Like Kingery can't. I'd play Franco when 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 you are when you are charging a baseball at third base, you have to you know drop your shoulder, drop your arm angle, and get it over there. And Crawford's really good at that. Kingery has only one way he can throw, and that's straight over the top. Like that's the that's why Crawford's at third base. Uh, Franco, <laughs> like, did you watch the game uh, Sunday in Milwaukee? Yeah, I was in and out. So, like, Cr- Cr- Franco is completely locked in, fouling pitches off, taking balls the other way, hits a home run. And I'm like, well, where, where is this all the time? And then Monday rolls around, and he's, he's back to doing the same stuff, or whatever, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, he gets back in the lineup, back to doing the same old Franco stuff. It's just like, man, watch the game on Sunday, understand that that's what the, makes you successful, and implement that in your game. Yeah, but, that, but that's what he is. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. That's what he is, and... Yeah, one one thing that that I think that Kapler's doing is something that Charlie Manuel used to do with Pat Burrell when Pat would get in these really really deep slumps. Now it's not a great comparison because Pat was the first overall pick and did things that that Franco's never done mm-hmm. in the majors and probably never will. But he had a really good feel on when when to sit guys and when to really kind of let them regain their confidence on the bench and maybe watching the games helped. And he did it a couple times with Pat where Pat was just really really bad. And I feel like the Gabe's trying to do. They tried with Naris. Mm-hmm. He was trying to get Naris to take that job back. He was, uh, and then and then it blew up right in his face. It, it well, it didn't because <laughs> they still won the games. But he Not tried about Sunday in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. He he um he was trying to. So I I I like what he does with stuff like that with mm-hmm. with Gabe. He's he's try, I think he's trying to manage Franco well, the best that he can. What I like. And what I think he's done a better job of recently, like remember at the beginning of the season, he was saying how he was saying how we make the lineups a week out and whatever. Now he's now he's playing the hot hand more and more. Like you're not seeing Altair play anymore. You're seeing you're seeing Williams in there. Uh, when Crawford was healthy, uh, Franco is pretty much on and the Williams bench. should have been playing. He's yeah, he should have been performing 100. percent So and I I think he's gone away from that, which I think is a big step Agreed. forward because you can't you can't make a lineups a week out if a guy has two straight games it's not practical yeah if a guy has two straight games of hitting well you're keeping him in the lineup because that gives your best chance to win so well, that's why my point with the bullpen is it's not practical like, it's great in theory you know I, I'm sure Gabe in theory thinks that it's great oh he gets proper amount of rest or whatever it's it's this is a field game it is a field game and I think he's done a little bit better job of, of finding some field I agree I uh, totally agree uh Let's talk about J.B. Crawford. J.B. Crawford uh, fractured his hand yesterday. They said he doesn't need surgery. so Four to six weeks. Four to six weeks, which is which hurts because he came back. Uh, I know everyone's talking about how he can't hit. Whatever. That's fine. His his average is, is, is crappy. But he was getting on base at a 40% clip ever since coming off the DL. And him at the bottom of the lineup, being that that nine hole hitter with the hitter with the pitcher in the eight hole, was setting the table for the top of the lineup. It was basically giving them another leadoff hitter at the bottom of the lineup. It was he was getting on base, Cesar was doing whatever, and then you get Hoskins up in the two hole, which I know you hate, but recently it was working. It was getting Hoskins up with runners in scoring position and letting him do damage, and he was doing damage. So I think it's a bigger loss than people are making it out to be. Oh, I agree. I don't think they. I don't think they win that Rockies game last Thursday uh, without the big inning with the with the walk he, that JP drew, yeah. and on Saturday night against Milwaukee too, he also drew a walk. Uh, but he's and, also and, developing at the same time too. So it hurts his development too. I agree. And he's a he's a he's strange man. He was 
He didn't score on the double from from second base. He didn't score the, the ball that, that hit off the, the wall, and then he flopped in the third base and slid too early and face-planted, and, and he didn't almost score after his tri- he gets a triple and face-plants, and he doesn't score almost score on a hit because he's running back to tag up. Um, but I, I I like what I've seen. The kid's great defensively. He's just got He's going to make errors. He's going to make errors at shortstop. That's what you're out there. Look what J-Roll did. Look what, look what Freddie did his first full year. Had a lot of errors. He's out there to develop. Um, you know, it's been a it's – not, it's not always an easy year, your rookie year. Everyone's just coming into the league and hit 300 and have 15 home runs and, and blah, 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 making them earn it this, this year. That's good with me. Yeah, like Reese. I mean, no, not everyone come up and just be Reese Hoskins right, right off the right off the bat. Uh, obviously, him and him and Crawford, or Crawford and Kingery was just, you know, it was frustrating on night and night up basis. But the team's thirty three and thirty two with I think three guys batting around like the one nineties between one ninety and two twenty oh, low averages. You're it's right. bad. Uh, two guys that are absolutely on fire right now: Adubo Herrera, four straight games with the homer. I think he's four out of. I think he's. Four out of five games. I think he, he homered Friday night in Milwaukee, didn't homer Saturday, and then has homered since. Have you seen a hitter with the highs of him and the lows of him in your history of watching the sport? I mean, off the top of my head, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, yes, I'm sure there has been. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but it is, uh, you're, you're waiting for it to turn around. And um, it, what did it get down to? 280? Yeah. Or something like that. And yeah. it's like, geez, what's going on? And just like that, Bang, and he's he's seeing the ball well. I guess is one of the th- the terms that people say. He's probably a, a player when he goes bad. He, he's really swimming in his head. Well, he's a he's a he's a pure timing guy. He's like a, a everything is timing based with so the kick. Yeah, so he was completely thrown off, and now foots down early again. He's just absolutely smoking ball. He is, and and kind of like Jimmy in his heyday. This offense came and went with Jimmy. If Jimmy was getting on base. Usually the Phillies were winning. Ryan was getting him in. Chase was getting him in. When Odubel's getting on base, well, I mean he's hitting for power right now too. It's unbelievable. He can he can carry the team offensively. And and really the the Phillies slump offensively directly coincided Odubel. with Odubel going to a tailspin. Everybody everybody suffered. You're right. I mean this is and all of a sudden the offense is back and look who's back. Right. Odubel. Right. And you have Reese who had to take a broken face for him to get back on track. I mean Reese. Reese broke his face, came back, and he's batting. I think three three forty since coming back, and he's, it was it was just what the doctor ordered. He's fixed his launch angle, which I know makes uh, which makes you happy. Launch angle. Listen, I, I like, launch angle is the most practical thing ever, and I can't believe the outrage it it, it ensued. Oh, I'm not outraged. I just let you handle it. It's, I, I don't. This is know. launch angle. The, yeah, the I, pitch is coming in on a slant. Yeah. You want to hit it out on that slant. You don't want to swing down on it, creating backspin. Yeah, no, I get it. They don't they don't teach guys to swing down on the ball anymore. I get it. No, I I, I understand. I'm just saying. Like I said, I'm too old to deal. I'm, I'm let you deal with the FIP and the lip and the, the launch angle. Listen, exit velo. Listen, we're just trying to make you hip with the high hopes crowd. All right, you know we got We we can't let the stigma of the old. So school that's the high the high guy. hopes question of the of the uh, of the week is: Are you down with FIP and uh, what what is it? Were you just saying the launch, launch angle? angle and exit velo and? There you go. I wonder. I do wonder if the reason, at least around here, at least with most of the talk around this Phillies team and with the crowd sizes, I wonder if a lot of it has to do with people just the old school people just hate the analytics so much. No, even though the, the, the and then that's the reason why they don't like this 
this team, this manager that much. No, they need the Phillies need to win. If we're in August and they're ten games over five hundred, people will be there. People will start coming out. Then you'll see it next year. They sign a free agent in the offseason. You'll see the place packed next year. It's always been like this, even when um even when they were cause you gotta remember, this team was winning all, they were almost in the playoffs for those Larry Boa years, and then the beginning of Charlie, it was the same thing. But they had big crowds because it was the new stadium. Then it started to dwindle out a little bit. I remember rooting for them to lose, so Edway got fired. <laughs> I literally didn't want them to make the playoffs because I realized that he had no chance. And he, he certainly helped with, with building the organization. But I wanted him be- gone so bad. And Phillies weren't doing great in a 10, like super, super great, even when they were, win- when they were winning some games. Got to make the playoffs, man. By the way, Victor Arano is in, is in the ninth. So, oh boy, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about it because I listen to a lot of LA and, and Fransky, and Fransky tries to understand analytics. He tries to, but he also comes from an old, older school uh, type of baseball. And then LA just hates all of it. And I was wondering, I was wondering, like, if the Phillies are in a wild card game, is he still going to be like, ah, oh, this manager? Like they just these analytics, they just don't know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> like in the, in the yeah, but game. but but I mean, does he really? Everybody thinks that. I'll hear listeners and callers that call in. They'll be like, ah, "Kapler's got to stop using his computer in the dugout." Like, it, he's he's not. It's he's not. He's still making decisions as a base as a baseball manager the would. In the majors for eight years, Adam Morgan, or longer than that. No, twelve. I think twelve years. Yeah, Adam Morgan splits. He's a better pitcher against righties and lefties, but Kapler's been going to him against lefties. Yeah, but he has no one else. Primarily because he has nobody else. Yeah, but still, the splits are, the splits say that he's better against righties than lefties. So if he was a true analytics guy, he 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 would be putting somebody else in there. Yeah. Um, all right, before we move on to the Washington series. Uh, Hurry up. i got to get ready to go in the air. Nah, no one cares about that. No one no one needs that at all. Um, <laughs> Nick Pavetta struck out 13 the other night. Uh, he made a really, really nice mechanical change. I don't know if, I don't know if you noticed, but he... He was starting to gather himself at the top of his mechanics before exploding towards the plate. Whereas in, in previous starts, he was kind of just it was a. Very oh, it was the first thing I I saw right yeah. off the bat. I was, I was like, "Damn!" I get excited about those things, so I had to talk about that for five seconds. That that former collegiate pitcher Jack must have uh, the Jack I, the I sees what the I sees and thirteen Ks maybe. Well, I, I'll say this: I thought Kapler made the wrong move bringing him back out for the eighth, and part of that is feel, but the other part is I look at a young pitcher. You get him out after he's had a great start. You have your eighth inning guy, your ninth inning guy. That's when I talk about defined roles. That's what I wanted to see in that game. Eighth inning, ninth inning, bam, you win it. Seven strong, eighth inning, ninth inning. Instead, he tried to bring him out for the the eighth, and and it kind of blew up in his face. But he looked he looked really good for a stretch in June last year. He went through a month where I remember touting him as being like he can be the he can be the guy. He can be one of the guys. Is he the second best starter on this roster right now? Yeah. Yep. So right now he is. If you had a, if you were if you were setting out a playoff rotation, it goes Nola Pavetta, Arietta. Eflin or Velasquez? No, 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 no. It, 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 having a conversation and setting a, a playoff pitching <laughs> roster are two different things. Come on. A- Arietta absolutely is two. Wild if he's not card one. game Pavetta. No, no. Yes, yes, no. yes. Get on board. Ka- Kapler goes. <laughs> Kapler goes. Well, okay, so if, if, if Pavetta's 19 and 10 at the end of the season with well, that's a two all that and a half right. wins. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, but if it's, if it's close... It, it's it's going to be a fun run to see what he does the rest of the season. Yeah, especially when, as these games get tighter, these games get more important. And speaking of important games, uh, important series, the Phillies are heading down to Washington uh, this weekend, which used to be CBP South. 
I miss those days. But then it was Natitude. Yes. You can't come down. Oh, I remember. I remember wishing that Davy Johnson croaked in the dugout when he was when he was the manager. Well, they of that can't team. settle on a manager down there, and they're going to continue to lose because as much talent as they have, there's just something that's hinky with that organization. And I think it's. Hinky. I think it starts with uh, Strange. I think it starts with Rizzo and it, 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 the Lerner family or whatever. They 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 haven't hired the right manager a couple times over. Uh, they do they, have Juan Soto, who looks awesome. They they got he, no. Listen, they have a lot of talent. They they they, they went with um, they went with Dusty Baker, who <laughs> I actually was I was surprised they got rid of him because well, I don't know if Dave Martinez is 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 better than Dusty Baker. I mean, who freak knows? They should have hired Charlie Manuel ten years ago or however many years ago when they had a chance to do it. Not ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, but we have Eflin, Nola, Pavetta. They haven't they haven't named their starters yet. I mean, Roark starting game one against Eflin. But this is an important series. Go down there, make a statement that you're for real. You're you're they're essentially a game apart in the in the standings right now. Well, here's um, the great thing Eflin's done. That's a formidable three three that's a formidable rotation for a three game series. If Eflin's pitching the way that he's shown yeah. that he can pitch, you're not just like, Oh guy, you know, we got Ben Lively starting and you're already looking at <laughs> yeah. that as being a loss. These guys have high have high end stuff. Arietta's got to step up. Yeah, he had a decent start today. He's given up too many home runs. He when he misses, the velocity's not there to where when guys guys can hit it out of the park. So it was it was a good start today by Arietta. But I got to see wins, brother. Yeah, and he, he he's really struggling to throw strikes. It's it's pretty frustrating. Sunday night we have Sunday night baseball this week, Johnny. We have uh, the Phillies are on national TV for the first time since I think the night Osama bin Laden was shot. Uh, is that the last time? I think that was the last time. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think that was the last, last time. memorable night Sunday night baseball. Uh, Pavetta versus whoever, whatever. Big series this weekend. Hopefully, they can uh, make a statement that they are semi for real in the NL East against a team that has ran it for the last four years. Got but, the Nats, the Yankees, and then the Nats again, I believe. Yes. To uh, yes. and that's a nice stretch. So you know, you look at it here, pretty big. Um, we have Arietta Severino on Tuesday, which I'm very excited. For. Also takes you into July, where now you start thinking trades, you start thinking trade deadline, and you really have to put yourself in a position to where if you're going to do something that's at least semi-major, you're going to win some games. So it'd be great to have a. I, the way I look at it is, if you can go 500 over this stretch, you sign up for that right now. If they get to win today, which Arano is trying his best to to, <laughs> to lose, trying his best, and. Uh, and he went to the pen, so I wonder who's coming in. Uh, I don't know, but I will say this: this, this next ten games is going to be a lot of fun because I I love when the Yankees come to town or the Red Sox come to town. It's like one of my favorite parts of the season. Yeah, so. it's it's and it'll be nice to get some wins. So let's well, get some wins let's against get these, some wins. these crackers. Uh, Sunday night, we'll be back with a new episode of High Hopes. After, well, actually, I don't know because it's going to be a late game, so maybe I have to stay up till one a.m. I'm on bit, vacation next week little, too. Oh, look at you from the station. Here's, it doesn't mean I can't do a High Hopes. Of course not. Of course not. We'll figure it out. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.